In these last days, the Bible predicts a turning away from biblical truth. In order to combat false teachings that are running rampant and a growing lack of biblical literacy, Behold Israel provides weekly public readings of Scripture to equip you with the pure Word of God, read in an international community with interaction and application. Each week, we host different guests from all walks of life. Our original readings can be found on our Behold Israel community channel on YouTube or on our Facebook channel. These are audio versions created to make it convenient for your busy schedule. Now, on to our readings. Hey, welcome to Public Reading of Scripture with Behold Israel. Uh, my name is Jason Comins. I'm the Administrative Assistant for the Ministry. Now, my special guest with us, she is not with Behold Israel. However, this is my mom, Glenda Mosley. Hi, mom. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's happy to see you. I'm happy to have you here with me. We get to read the Bible together and with hundreds, if not thousands of people who will either watch this now or watch it later. And we all get to be blessed together just hearing specifically tonight the prophetic word of the Lord. Just a couple of things before we get started. Tonight, we're going to be in the book of Nahum. That's the book of Nahum in your Old Testament. Last week, we did the book of, jo we, we did the book of, I think we finished Micah last week, but recently we read Jonah. And Nahum is kind of a, before we get into it, it's basically like an, a parallel of Jonah, but in opposites. It's like a contrast. Some of the things Jonah was looking for, the book of Nahum fulfills them after the fact. And so it both are about Nineveh. And with dealing with Jonah, you're looking at a prophet who initially disobeyed God. In Nahum, you're looking at a prophet who obeyed God. And Nahum's interesting, just to give you a little bit of context, because it's a small book, three chapters, 46, 47 verses. It's very interesting because its setting with Judah as its primary audience, the book itself, even though Judah was guilty of a lot of sins during the, at this time, Nahum's not writing, this isn't the message God gave Nahum to talk about the condemnation of, of Judah. It was about the condemnation of Nineveh and God's pending destruction of that place. So again, we're going to be in the book of Nahum tonight. I'm going to ask my mom to Glenda to open our time in prayer, and then we'll jump right in. Great. Father God, we just come to you tonight, and we just I just want to praise you and thank you, Lord, that I get to stand here and read your word with my son. And Lord, we know that your word never returns void. And I ask, Father, that all of those either tonight or whoever will listen to it later, as they are reading and listening to your word, Father God, that you will open their ears and open their hearts to what it is that you want them to take out of this book of Nahum. Lord, we just praise you and we ask for your blessing on our time. In your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. So Nahum chapter 1 is where we're going to pick up. Take it away. And we're going to read all the way through before we stop uh, to reflect on what we've read. So Nahum chapter 1. Okay. The Burden Against Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the Elkoshite. God is jealous and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reverses wrath for his enemies. He reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry, 
and dries up all the rivers. Bashan and Carmel wither, and the flower of Lebanon wilts. The mountains quake before him, the hills melt, and the earth heaves at his presence. Yes, the world and all who dwell in it. Who can stand before his indignation, and who can endure the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows that those who trust in him. And with an overflowing flood, he will make an utter end of its place, and darkness will pursue his enemies. What do you conspire against the Lord? He will make an utter end of it. Affliction will not rise up for a second time. For while tangled like thorns and while drunken like drunkards, they shall be devoured like stubble fully dried. From you comes forth one who plots evil against the Lord, a wicked counselor. Thus says the Lord, though they are safe and likewise many, yet in this manner they will be cut down when he passes through. Though I have afflicted you, I will afflict you no more. For now I will break off his yoke from you and burst your bonds apart. The Lord has given a command concerning you. Your name shall be perpetuated no longer. Out of the house of your gods, I will cut off the carved image and the molded image. I will dig your grave, for you are vile. Behold, on the mountains, the feet of him who brings good tidings, who proclaim, proclaims peace. O Judah, keep your appointed feast, perform your vows. For the wicked, one shall no more pass through you. He is utterly cut off. In picking up in Nahum chapter 2, I'm going to squeeze into the frame with you here. Here we go. We're going to be continuing in Nahum chapter 2. He who scatters has come up before your face. Man the fort, watch the road, strengthen your flanks, fortify your power mightily. For the Lord will restore the excellence of Jacob like the excellence of Israel. For the emptiers have emptied them out and ruined their vine branches. The shields of his mighty men are, are made red. The valiant men are in scarlet. The chariots come with flaming torches in the day of his preparation, and the spears are brandished. The chariots rage in the streets. They jostle one another in the broad roads. They seem like torches. They run like lightning. He remembers his nobles. They stumble in their walk. They make haste to her walls. And the defense is prepared. The gates of the rivers are opened, and the palace is dissolved. It is decreed. She shall be led away captive. She shall be brought up, and her maidservants shall lead as her as with the voice of doves, beating their breasts. Though Nineveh of old was like a pool of water, now they flee away. Halt, halt, they cry, but no one turns back. Take spoil of silver, take spoil of gold. There is no end of treasure or wealth of every desirable prize. She is empty, desolate, and waste. The heart melts and the knees shake. Much pain is in every side, and all their faces are drained of color. Where is the dwelling of the lions and the feeding place of the young lions? Where the lion walked, the lioness and the lion's, and lion's cub, and no one made them afraid. The lion tore in pieces enough for his cubs, killed for his lionesses, 
filled his caves with prey and his dens with flesh. Behold, I am against you, says the Lord of hosts. I will burn your chariots and smoke, and the sword shall devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth, and the voice of your messengers shall be heard no more. Now we're going to conclude with Nahum chapter 3. Woe to the bloody city. It is all full of lies and robbery. Its victims never departs. The noise of a whip and the noise of rattling wheels, of galloping horses, of clattering chariots. Horsemen charged with bright sword and glittering spear. There is a multitude of slain, a great number of bodies, countless corpses. They stumble over the corpses. Because of the multitude of harlotries of the seductive harlot, the mistress of sorceries who sells nations through her harlotries and families through her sorceries. Behold, I am against you, says the Lord of hosts. I will lift your skirts over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdom of your shame. I will cast abominable filth upon you, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. It shall come to pass that all who look upon you will flee from you and say, Nineveh is laid waste. Who will bemoan her? Where shall I seek comforters for you? Are you better than no Amon that was situated by the river that had the waters around her? Whose rampart was the sea? Whose wall was the sea? Ethiopia and Egypt were her strength, and it was boundless. Put and Lubim were your helpers, yet she was carried away. She went into captivity. Her young children also were dashed to pieces at the head of every street. They cast lots for her honorable men, and all her great men were bound in chains. You also will be drunk. You will be hidden. You also will seek refuge from the enemy. All your strongholds are fig trees with ripened figs. If they are shaken, they fall into the mouth of the eater. Surely your people in the midst are women. The gates of your land are wide open for your enemies. Fire shall devour the bars of your gates. Draw your water for the siege. Fortify your strongholds. Go into the clay and tread the mortar. Make strong the brick kiln. There the fire will devour you. The sword will cut you off. It will eat you like a locust. Make yourself many like the locust. Make yourself many like the swarming locusts. You have multiplied your merchants more than the stars of heaven. The locust plunders and flies away. Your commanders are like swarming locusts and your generals like great grasshoppers, which camp in the hedges on a cold day. When the sun rises, they flee away, and the place where they are is not known. Your shepherds slumber, O king of Assyria. Your nobles rest in the dust. Your people are scattered on the mountains, and no one gathers them. Your injury has no healing. Your wound is severe. All who hear news of you will clap their hands over you. For upon whom has not your wickedness passed continually? So it's, it's no mystery. In these three short chapters, the message of God through the prophet Nahum is not one of condemnation on Judah. God used other prophets for that, talking about Jeremiah. And there were a few others as well that address the sin of Judah specifically. But Nahum, God is speaking 
to through him to talk about the destruction of Nineveh, this nation that had repented previously, but had so much bloodshed and guilt on their hands that now they're going to be destroyed because their wickedness has come up before the Lord. So that's specifically why he used Nahum and his point of what he was communicating through him. What stuck out to you as we read through these three chapters? Boy, I'll tell you, as I, you know, of course, first started looking at chapter one, I just thought to myself, boy, God is mad about something. And we know that God's righteous anger is always because of sin. But I really, as much as hard as it was to read, I thought Nahum did such a great job and with vivid and descriptive words describing God's character and his power. And when you just look like through verses two through six, you know, I see the word jealous, avenges, furious, vengeance, wrath for his enemies. The earth heaves at his presence. Who can stand before his indignation? And his fury is poured out like fire. And, you know, I think we're just seeing a great picture of God's holy wrath upon looking at sin. Yeah. And, and I, oh, go ahead. Well, I, the other part, the second half of that is, I just loved, though, how Nahum blended the message with judgment, of course, and then we see a reassuring message to God's people. And that is in verse 7, I think, which is probably my favorite verse in the whole book. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust him. And isn't that so reassuring for us that God never forgets who his sons and his daughters are? And it wasn't even in that time, and even to this day, Judah, Israel, really, this, this nation is the apple of his eye. Yet he, we know through the prophet Jonah that God's heart was for these Gentiles up in Nineveh, who were known for utter wickedness mm -hmm. and doing horrible things. Yet God's heart was that they wouldn't perish. Think of how that book, of the book of Jonah concludes. And here in Nahum, sadly, you're seeing the destruction of this nation that had once repented. And it's, it's something that sticks out to me in the scope of these three chapters is how God's wrath is very direct. It is very decisive. It's very, it's very intentional. It's not, it's not, God's wrath is not like us where we, we lash out, hope for the best, and apologize about some of the things we did later. No, God's, you see this in Revelation too and elsewhere, but you see it in the book of Revelation and you see it here. His, his wrath is very well thought out and it's, it's perfectly thought out and it's direct and it's intentional. Mm -hmm. And we know that we also see that the heart of God is for the lost who don't know him. It's not his desire that any enter eternity without knowing him. Mm -hmm. Any last thoughts? Well, I just, out of chapter two, my thoughts were that in God's perfect time and way, he will take out evil and deliver his people. And that's comforting for us as well. And then in chapter three, I felt, of course, that Nahum delivers uh, another message of doom for Nineveh. And this was, I couldn't help but think of that old saying, what goes around comes around. When you see the way that Nineveh had treated these people of Judah for so long, they were, they were ruthless people. And, you know, he gives more description as to why they were under God's judgment. And I, I made, I, in the word I saw, you know, ruthless, brutal, idolatry, pagan practices, sorceries, prostitution. And probably my favorite verse in chapter three, not that it was 
you know, I, I shouldn't say favorite. I shouldn't compare it to verse 7. But verse 19, it's like God said, I give you a chance. I gave you a chance. And now your injury has no healing. God was just done. And I just thought, oh my gosh, it was, this was a tragic story of what happened to these people in Nineveh. And then I couldn't think about, okay, how does this apply to me or, and us today? And I, I just thought that the story of Nineveh can be a good reminder that, you know, we can either choose to walk and serve and love God and experience his grace, or we can be rebellious as well and experience his judgment. Yeah, and I see some of the comments talking about the un addressing the unbelieving world. And, you know, our heart for you as well, just to reiterate what the prophet has, the Lord is saying through the prophet here is, you know, we only get one shot in this life. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, if you don't know him as such, someday you're going to have an injury that has no healing. Someday your injury will not be able to be healed. But right now it can be healed and God wants it to be healed. And he's provided that perfect sacrifice through the work, the finished work and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, so with that said, to wrap things up this evening, uh, just to remind you, we as a ministry, let me close our time in prayer first, our reading. God, we, we thank you for your word. Thank you that even the words that you spoke to the prophet Nahum, <laughs> 20, over 2,600 years ago are so relevant today. Yeah, it was to a different audience, but the attributes of you and the attributes about what you're capable and the, the realities of what you're capable of doing and what you're going to do and your attitude towards sin that represents the exact opposite of who you are still stands today. So Lord, we thank you for this short time that we have together. And we ask for safety for the remainder of this day for our, our guests, those who will watch. May you bless those who watch this and who will watch it and share it later to bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. Just to remind you, if you don't follow the ministry, specifically Amir on Telegram, you can do that. If you go to our website and you go to the news tab, uh, there is a, a button there to understand and subscribe or just visit uh, Amir's Telegram website. So you can go there to see all of the latest news, mainly around the Middle East, but also around the world. Uh, but also, if you've been on Telegram, this is where he shares things daily. You also know that as a ministry, we have a special project that we're continuing to, and we're continuing to navigate through the preliminary stages of right now, and that's Behold Israel Connect. This is Israel-based, this is an opportunity moving forward for Amir to have unique opportunities and the ministry to have unique opportunities to connect with local leaders, foreign leaders, tour groups, different ministries. It's to really have a way to provide more content that's uh, focused on Israel and the Middle East from Amir in the ministry, but also to connect and branch out. So uh, as you think of it, please pray. Uh, for Behold Israel Connect. You can see the logo here on the screen. Uh, this is something we're continuing to navigate through. Uh, again, it's Connect, and we're hoping to unveil it fully next spring. But right now, we are just in the preliminary and planning stages, but we've seen the good hand of God providing abundantly for our needs and to get the ball rolling. He's answered pray prayers in ways we didn't expect. So thank you, and please do continue to pray over that with us. And 
with that being said, have a wonderful rest of your day. Blessings to those of you who are here and those of you who will watch it later. Uh, Mom, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Glad to have you. Thank you. Have a blessed day.